0: Welcome to Inspired by Her, the podcast that will give you the inspiration, motivation and tips for success from some of the top executives, CEOs and influencers from around the globe with your host, serial entrepreneur and named one of the most influential Filipina in the world, Kate
1: Hancock. We are live. Hi, everyone. This is Kate. And welcome to the show inspired by her podcast. And this show is brought to you by Kale Agency. If you need personal branding, um, SEO or marketing, go to kaleagency.com. Today I'm very excited by very first Filipina guest ever. Um, Mm -hmm. Mary Ann Prostrada is a co-founder. She's a serial entrepreneur fast serial entrepreneur. You're doing everything, right? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how you do it. Um, <laughs> she's the co-founder of Fastcat. Which, oh, by the way, when I was in college, I would, you know, use Fastcat from Cagayan de Oro to Cebu or uh, Cebu to come again. So I was when I first met you in Macau. I was so excited uh-huh. to know that you co-founded Fastcat. Uh
0: huh.
1: <laughs> so Mary yeah. Ann, for anyone who did not know you, can you please introduce yourself? Hello,
0: everybody. I'm uh, Mary Ann Pastrana. I'm a wife, a mother, soon to be a grandmother, a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about business, um, women
1: empowerment, uh, safety, and family. Wow! Wow! I, I can't wait to um, really deep dig down into your story. You're um, you're doing. You're in hospitality. You're in married, to, like fast cats. So it's like it's a fast jet, right? Is that what it is? And you're doing in real estate investment and cleaning and educate. What else you don't do? Like you
0: <laughs> And well,
1: don't- yeah.
0: Well, you see, um, I think we we just had to build this uh, ecosystem. Mm-hmm. uh it started with uh, a trading company that uh my husband founded mm-hmm. and um, we started with that uh, but i was working for my parents mm-hmm. at the time it was in the uh stevedoring arastre, customs brokerage business i was my mom's
1: assistant
0: mm-hmm. and um Chip and i got married in 1988 um, he founded a uh, trading company that uh supplies bulk materials to cement plants. Mm-hmm. And soon after, uh, somebody offered him this, uh rural vessels that connects the Philippine Islands, and he said, yes, you know, I would always joke about um, my husband finishing agribusiness in the University of the Philippines at Los Manos. Agribusiness, so that's agricultural business. Okay. But the entrepreneur in him is that he agrees and agrees on any business that is offered to him. And so when this shipping business, of which we don't know anything about, was offered to him, he agreed and he said yes. And that's what got us into shipping, you know. So we started the trading business and then uh, he bought uh, this uh, shipping company that connects the Philippine Islands, Uh um, by uh, rural vessels, it's called Roro because we carry people and we carry cargo. So it's roll on, roll off. Oh, that's what it means. That's what yeah, I mean. that's what it means. So, so um, in this kind of a uh, shipping setup, um, we're supposed to carry cargo with with the with the vehicle. So whether it's a bus, it's a cargo truck, it's your car, you can you can roll it in and roll it off on the ship. And so that's how we we started doing that. And and in setting up the the um, rural business, there's an ecosystem that is involved. So so we have the hardware of the ships uh, that connects the islands. And somehow you need people to clean it, right? Yeah. And and I need to to be. I felt that I needed to set up a, a company that will meet my requirements, that will meet my quality requirements, uh, that can really custom fit. The service to, to our needs and so I set up a cleaning company. And soon enough when we, when we were um, uh, connecting the islands already, people would say, hey, you want to be able to ride your ships and are there good restaurants there? Are there um, hotels where we can stay in? Uh, is it good? And so that started our hospitality business and it, it was good that my second daughter, um, took up international uh, hospitality management. The Philippines, and you know, she's lucky that she's able to train abroad too. And when she came back, when she's done with her college education, she's now helping us in this hospitality business. So it kind of gives us a confidence uh, in setting it up because we have our second girl, second daughter, helping us in this. And in the ports business, it's also because our ships need to dock in ports, and therefore uh, we need to have to run the ports, you know, the professional as professional as possible. Also to cater to not only our needs but needs of the other ship owners, and we have our eldest daughter who's, you know, well, she's a dermatologist by profession, but she's already helping us also uh, in that business. So she's helping us run the ports business
1: as well. Uh And so this is. Work that's, together. Yeah, it's amazing. So there is a term for that. I think that's called dog tailing. So you have one business and then you open up this business. You have the training and the hospitality. It's yes. just like, like you said, yes. it's part of your yes. existence. So that's amazing. Before we could really, um, go through that, um, where did you grow up, Marianne? Well, I
0: grew up, I grew up in Manila. San Juan it's called um, it's a town in the the metropolitan uh, near everything and uh, quite safe uh our past president president uh Estrada used to be the mayor of uh San Juan where i grew up and my grandfather my paternal grandfather was also the mayor of that town for like uh, I think 20 years mm-hmm. before before era
1: yeah. Oh, oh wow. Your grandfather is in politics. Yeah.
0: Hey, Kate. Yeah. Hey, Kate, can I disturb this with a quick hi from my husband? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. I have to say goodbye. Hi, Ted. I, yeah, I love it. Hey, <laughs> hi, just
1: Good see you. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I need to see you soon in the Philippines. You're live. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You like
0: should, uh, come over and visit, explore the islands after this, all these things, uh, about when, when everything se- becomes normal and we can have a good time together. And yes. Social distancing. <laughs> yeah, there is. I will, I will, I will <laughs> visit you. You know, she also resorts in Kabikini. Oh really? Yeah, oh, nice. she's said her resort. In.
1: Where? Uh, okay, it's me? in Mambahau, Um Oh. Mambahau. Yeah. Okay, good. You know Jack's friends with the governor of uh, Yeah, of JJ He governor. might JJ. be watching right now. I think he's. Ah, cool.
0: that. We, yeah. We're uh, we're hoping that we can connect that island soon also to the and
1: uh we did GCO,
0: GCO. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we need that. Yes. <laughs> I anyway, can I, I have to go to work <laughs> just to uh talk to you. Yes.
1: To, uh, talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. It's you Oh, that's so sweet. So just, when when, my interview,
0: how come she's getting the interview? Inspired by, <laughs> by Kate okay. has to do it, inspired by, by him. Yes, Yeah, I have to do it.
1: I have to do it for him. Yeah, so um, he's so sweet. He was, you guys are so, so awesome. And you guys have been married for 31 years. Yes. Yes, yes. congratulations. So, we're 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 right wrong. Wrong.
0: But, make a side comment so because we were three years boyfriend-girlfriend before we got married. Uh, so let's say 35 years in total.
1: Yeah. So both of you running this Who who is the boss? Is that you or him or how do you guys work together? <laughs> well, uh, in the position, he's the
0: president and uh, CEO. Well, I'm the executive vice president and treasurer. Um, and somehow we managed to delegate it in a very civil and uh, respectful way such that we're able to stand each other for the past 35 years. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes.
0: That's
1: amazing. So like <laughs> you guys work together. And uh, what's your secret for that? How do you handle that? I work with my husband, Dan, at the same time. So I'd like to hear, because a lot of couples ask this question, how do you guys handle it without arguing and running companies together? So what's your secret sauce? Wow.
0: Okay. Um, for us, I think early on we agreed that um, we should have that, we, we should always respect each other. Um when we're in the office we engage we, um know up to a certain point how to approach each other like if once heated up already somebody backs up so uh, uh, uh in the homily of the priest the other day uh i was an online mass who's saying uh, family is um, uh how do you say that? punuan how do you translate that in english like you cover up for others um uh Weaknesses. Oh, so like, it's like yeah. a
1: balancing. It's like,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. So nobody's perfect. Uh, it will not never be perfect, but you, you have to know how to, uh, yeah, put that sauce <laughs> to, to make it uh, work well. You know, like how do you fuel it? How do you back up, back out when when it's heated up and all. So, so for us, our ground, ground rules would be know, knowing our boundaries, knowing our rules, um, So when, when things are heated up, we know that we don't curse each other. We still have that level of respect. Uh, we don't escape or leave the house. Mm -hmm. We know we're just home. Of course, a lot of it is rooted in faith and prayer. Uh, Chet and I attended a lot of uh, learning courses on marriage. So Mm -hmm. name it. You know, we had, we attended it. Couples for Christ, Christian Life Program, Marriage Enrichment Week, and um, all these recollections over the years on how we can improve our, li- our relationship. Uh, I read so many books: Gary Chapman, Five Languages of Love. So, 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 we have learned all those basic things on how to communicate well, on how we should um, handle each other's weaknesses, be each other's strength, be an inspiration, never put down another. Ah, I always remember. Um, a book I read about um, um, love tanks, filling up the love tanks. I, I can't have heard of that. Yeah. So okay. I remember yeah, reading early on in our marriage a book called um, Building a Great Marriage by uh, Anne Ortland, And I took it to heart, you know, um, like things like affirming your husband, uh, um, giving them service, uh, respect, of course, prayer, rooted in prayer. So we had a lot of that. It's yeah. not easy. It was not easy. It's not a piece of cake, like you don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hard work, but the, you know, what you get is so much more out of what
1: you, so yeah, yeah. so that's why you guys are so involved in that. Now, have it ever come up where you wanted to, make a decision and he's not agreeing with you? How did you handle that? It's a business decision.
0: I, you know, we have a lot of that. Um, him getting into the shipping business is something that I really resisted and I even had a time of rebellion mm-hmm. because bought into the business without asking me. And then so I dive in and then I realized it's so manly. It's so difficult like far out way out of my league difficult and so I remember struggling with it and I, I even went to my parish priest um, here and I said father um it's too much for me I can't handle it what do I do do I tell him and you know my pre- my parish priest just said yeah you just you just tell me you don't you, you can't handle it anymore you're stressed you know and so that's what I did I, I went to him and said I'm so stressed I don't wanna, I don't wanna handle this anymore. And you know what he said to me? He said, okay. <laughs> I said, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so did you stop the shipping business? You, you, you no, no, things. I mean, I stopped uh, being so involved. How oh, I'm well. not the, the day-to-day stuff. Yeah, hands I, on. yeah. Yeah. I'd go, I would, I wouldn't go to work every day. I'd, ha- I'd have excuses. I enrolled in painting classes. I have pre spreads would say, Let's go to a pilgrimage. And I go, yeah, let's go. So I probably went to three European trips. Um you know, he just let me, you just let me do what I want to do because I, I was saying I was so stressed. And so uh what I realized at that point was that um there's somebody who can really take care of the business, mm-hmm. our business, the way I can take care of it. So when I'm done with the dramas, I just um, came back. And then I, that's when I realized that, you know, we have roles, you know, the way I talked to God, the way I prayed to him when I was having so much difficulty, I was saying, God, um, you said, uh, wives be submissive to your husbands. Okay. So I'm going to follow you, but you take care of me. Okay. <laughs> you take care of me because I was doing a lot of things that was beyond my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, cuz you know, um, I wanted to fight it. I, I, I was resisting it, but I just followed, you know, I followed the Bible. I followed what God said. I prayed a lot. I did the ground rules. I followed Chet. I, you know, um, supported him. And I think it worked out. It worked out. That's wonderful. And I, yeah, ultimately, he appreciated that and he saw that it was helpful. So I think that was the, the good way to resist it and uh, conquer the battle.
1: That's awesome. That's wonderful. Now, um, Mary Ann, what is the best memory of your childhood and what's the worst? I know your grandma, grandfather is a mayor in the city, uh, so you must be growing up doing a lot of things in the household, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, my dad was the eldest of uh, his brood and when the father my grandfather was mayor and my dad would say he was pretty strict and wanted he wanted my, he want the mayor. My grandfather wanted my dad to be doctor and he didn't want to. So anyway, my point is my dad's kind of tough guy. Um, he looked good. <laughs> so he was a, a chick, boy. <laughs> chick boy. He's a chick boy. He's a chick boy. And he's, you know, he would say he, he named himself James Bond. So he had a lot of, uh, girlfriends, uh, and that was, I think that was tough for, for, for a child to see, you know, uh, when you have a dad who's, who's womanizing and, uh, we you had domestic violence, you know, seeing my mom being, uh, beaten up by my dad. So that was the tough, tough part of my childhood. Uh, you know, it, it brings a lot of insecurities, um, because you see your, your parents fighting and, you you ask yourself, do I still have a family tomorrow? Are they gonna make it? So that that's that's the tough one that stands out in my childhood. But uh, the good memory, there are also good memories. I I would say, good memories would be travel. Uh, I remember traveling a lot when we were young. Like um, my parents are also up into travel, so we do a lot of domestic and international travel when I was young. And I think that those are really good memories. Uh, we spend a lot of time in Baguio because, um, you know, that's our summer capital. So we, we would have block days. That would be Holy Week. And after Christmas, we would spend time in Baguio, uh, go home to my mom's hometown in Zambales uh, and stay by the beach. Yeah. so I've spend- yeah, never with-
1: been there. I can't wait to visit.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, it's beyond uh, Subic, maybe another two-hour drive from Subic. So mm-hmm. That's in the north. So that was fun. Yeah. Traveling. And so, and so that's why when I decided that, um, when I have my own family, when I have my kids of my own, I will definitely take them traveling. traveling. And good thing Chad and
1: I agreed on that. And so yeah, we did that. That's wonderful. Well, when you travel a lot, you learn a lot from navigating yeah. and, you know, um, adjusting different culture and being uncomfortable in a place where you don't know where to go. I think that's, I think that's, that especially for kids, I think it, it it really helps them mold to be like worldly. I think that that's true. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and uh, street smart. I I guess you know they learn how to be street smart. You learn a lot, like the culture of people and the food. We always go to groceries when we travel. You know, travel. <laughs> You learn a lot when you, when you go to the grocery. You know what they cook, what they eat, uh, what's available there. Uh, for us Filipinos, I, I have a lot of tips for travelers, but I guess it's not a good time to discuss that
1: now. Okay, Samaria, and tell me about your very first entrepreneurial journey. Did you start selling when you were a kid? Where do you have all this um ideas of running a business? Did you start very early? Yeah, as mentioned, my parents
0: are from a political family, but um they're also entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So my dad had this belief that we should be brought up the way Chinese people did uh, uh, would would do to their families to their kids, and that is exposing them to the business at a very at a very young age. So I remember being a small child and being brought to the office uh, on summer times, and you know they would just give us menial jobs like uh, writing down um, check numbers in the vouchers. And just being there, pretty much going to work with them, going home with them. And when you're, when, what I, what I realized is that when I was in the office, it's like our playground. We get exposed to all the situations, whether it's sticky or, uh, not. And we saw that there, the problems pop up and we saw how they solved it or how they, uh, uh, dealt with it. And I guess, um, we learned from that. As a, a very young kid, so at, I remember um, at the age of um, 16, I went to the University of the Philippines at Los Banos. Uh, that was my second choice of a campus, um, and uh, the reason why I chose that is because our family owns a hot spring resort, um, 15 minutes away from um, UP Los Banos, which is in Pansol. It's a known town for hot spring because Mount Makiling is there. And so there's a lot of uh, hot spring resorts uh at the foot of the mountain. So my grandmother and my aunt lived there. And my aunt decided to migrate to the States when I was 17. And I was in UP staying in a dorm. And she just approached me and said, Hey, uh, can you take over the business? Because I'm migrating with my family. And I go, What? <laughs> can I do that? And it, and all it took is that my my mom called me from Manila and said, uh, hey, you can do this. I will help you. I will have I will have my brother uh, run the operations. You handle the money and the overall management management. And you you work on weekends. Uh, you work after school. Um, you know, make sure all the the income goes into a bank. And you re- you write down all your releases. Good thing I had accounting subject at that time. And Pretty much that's it. She goes, that's it. That's all the handover. I had two hour session with my mom and my aunt left for the states and I was running the business at the age of 17. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. And I tell my kids that, you know, now uh, I, I, I was just telling my, 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 two sons two days ago when my, my parents handed on the business, my aunt and my mom handed the business. I didn't give them a hard time. <laughs> it's like, can I do this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, being exposed at a young age uh, with my parents running the business um, really helped a lot. Like it gave us confidence to take on what's given to us. And my mom would put in, uh, you know, a few ideas. Like she goes, you know, uh, if you rent out um, lifesavers or swimsuits, that's added income, and then I listened to people, what people say, like, oh, we don't have enough rooms. And so I put in a project put rooms. I finished uh, nutrition in the University of the Philippines. And so that helped that I was able to set up the restaurant business and the catering. So that was nice. Wow. at was
1: 17 when I ran the. And for, for seven years. Yeah. Wow, that is really. Um, I could super relate to that. I was. Um, I could see that day to day of a family business, and you, you know, when you, when you're in a family business, you have no choice but to work, right? Because they're very strict and. Now I can see the value of how important it is to have your kids be involved with it. And sometimes I would have my kids listen to the meeting. Okay, since this is the problem and this is why I'm doing X, Y, Z. And now my 13-year-old He's like, oh, then he understand, and he's talking about business. I think he will be an entrepreneur because he'll listen to me every conference call. And I would explain to them. But I think it's, it's, it's you know, the value of what you're getting when you expose your kids to the day-to-day, it really molds them to be an entrepreneur. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So does any of your kids will be, um I you mentioned like two are already involved in the business? Yes, yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah.
0: They are so 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 the model that uh
1: we're following, uh
0: Chet and I is uh that we involve them in the business, but we we are allowing them to pursue what they like to do. Yeah. So like Patricia, she's a dermatologist. Um she's also finding time to set up her own clinic with fellow doctors uh, but um she works with us part-time well she's expecting now no she's she's in her fifth month of pregnancy
1: oh wow okay you get gonna be rest- grandma yeah hey, oh, <laughs> if you look like it well I'm so excited you have to send me photo
0: I know uh, ne- next phase of life oh my god yeah I'm excited and, and with Alexa she's a chef so she uh so funny I have this funny story because um she trained in John George Mm-hmm. restaurant in New York. Yeah. And she was there for a year. And so she was enjoying, she was enjoying herself living alone in New York. And, you know, we just visit, I probably visited the four four times uh, every three months I would go, but in between the sister went, the brothers went, Chet went. But anyway, my point is she was having such a grand time in um, New York, in um, the Mark Hotel, John George at the Mark. Two years uh, um, when she was ending her, her uh, internship, called her dad and say, hey, dad, can you give me another another two years to stay in New York? And I and I had to say, hey, you know what? You're enjoying yourself because your dad and I pay for the apartment. But, <laughs> but if you start paying for your apartment and all your... I think it's not going to be so fun anymore. So Chet said, come back. Come back and help us here. So the first uh, thing that Chet uh, uh, asked is, why don't you set up the supply of meals inside the mm-hmm. cat vessels. You know, the rice meals that price. uh could yes. buy. And you know how very price sensitive our market is? So in in the mark she would she would tell us, oh the the bill of the table that I cooked for is like um, two hundred thousand dollars. You know, things things like that. And they go, what? What do they eat with two hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> things like that. Yeah. And and then she comes home and she has to plan for a rice meal for like less than a dollar per meal. <laughs> so you can imagine, so, so our, my, my, my friend would say, oh, it's not the mark anymore, it's marked down now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. But, but the thing is, uh, Chet would, you know, of course she was um, hesitant at first because that was not the training that she Went through in the States in Barcelona that was at the training. She worked at Hotel Arts Barcelona. So it there. I've been there for the arts. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. one. Yeah. Like it. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Very yeah. nice. So she worked there for, for six months. And you can imagine her her adjustment for preparing these meals to now a less than a dollar meal uh to be sold in the boat. But you know how Chet framed it. He said, uh Look, if we carry millions of passengers, you just make one peso out of every meal. but still a million pesos. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah so but he starts there. We just have to start there. So from uh, working, working in that rice meal, she has grown her brand. Um, she's now a budding entrepreneur, which I'm so proud of. So she created her own uh, brand called Pina. So she... She's helping small farmers in the islands and then wow. providing the packaging and the branding and the value added service in the product so that she will be able to scale it, uh, someday. Wow. Right, yeah. right now she's, we're, we're just selling it inside of boats, but the, the whole uh, big, hairy, audacious goal is to be able to uh, make it available, um, yes. the, on the shelves and probably export. Uh, helping the farmers, uh, that's one that she's doing. And then she co-partnered with, uh, with girlfriends, mm-hmm. uh, four of them, uh, some trade abroad also, uh, on a brand called Good. So it's all this healthy food stuff that's, uh, available in, a ready, ready to eat, uh, format, um, and using all this healthy gluten free. free. Some <laughs> <pizza>. yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a niche for this. Um, they just started. It's like a, a year old, and they're present in some gyms mm. and outlets. Um, it's still not there, but uh, it's a good start. Wow. Uh, I think it's uh, finding it. So, so she's a budding entrepreneur. And this, in this COVID time, uh, f- uh, friends who have farms are offering her to resell the, the fresh produce here in our village uh, where we live. And the, uh, last week, she sold about 220 kilos of freshly caught
1: shrimp. Wow, 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 <laughs> wow, 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 yes. Yeah. The demand yes. of, like, the healthy eating and delivery is up right now, right? Yes,
0: yes. I think that's her vision, which also got us into a farm, you know. Uh, she'd always talk about mom, farm-to-table, farm-to-table uh, food and all which made me buy a farm. Remember those I was discussing with you when you were in Macau. I was saying, oh, oh, I'm, I ventured into a farm and I was going to yes. Yeah. So it's going to, it's going to have a, a few, um, rooms for overnighters. It's going to be a farm school, farm to table. There's going to be a farm to table restaurant. So yeah, we're doing that all because of her. Uh, it's her hope to, to, to go into farming and really uh, promote
1: Healthy eating, farm to table, organic, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Wow, wow, that's I love how you guys have your own business and your kids are involved into doing whatever their passion is. I love it. So you're building a bigger empire of what you have now. I love that. <laughs>
0: thank you, thank
1: you. Well, Mary, I, yeah, being a female, you're running all these different businesses. Um Tell me about a mistake that you made.
0: Well, hindsight, I am um, fifty-two right now, Kate, and we started very young. Um, I was a mother at twenty, um, working since seventeen. Um, hindsight, um, a mistake I did would be spending a lot of time on the drama. <laughs> I would say um, I should have cut the drama. I, Hindsight, I was thinking if I was not so emotional on, on many failures, if I took it on and cut the drama, I could have gone further. Just, just just my point, no. Uh, not that, um, we're not happy where we are, we are, but I could have done more if I cut all those drama and mistake. And, and, and then one thing is, um, I think I, I had those dramas when I was also pregnant. Mm. So. And now that, you know, when we had issues with the kids growing up, um and I had to fill up forms, doctor's forms, they had, they were, they were asking, how was your pregnancy? Mm-hmm. And you know, that was one, one, one uh, reflection that I had, like, had I known, I should have, had I known that my baby would be affected by all my drama, I, I should have deliberately, you know, stopped it and, and not do that. So I was telling Patricia that, Patricia's my eldest, she's mm-hmm. pregnant now. You know just take happy thoughts <laughs> be you know so that was when I was younger, so over time reading, I learned that you know how classical music helps, and you know what, um, with my youngest son, I would make him listen to classical music like uh an hour a day, and you know he plays very good piano uh, at that age. yeah, he plays really well, you know over dinner now at this time, we would have dinner together after dinner, he would play the piano and. And I would say, "Wow, he's good. <laughs> he's good." And yeah, have pregnancy. So okay, that was my mistake. Had I known, I should have just cut the drama and just be, be productive and just chose to be happy at that point. Another would be Chad and I were discussing at one time how we we are serial entrepreneurs and we would just you know if an opportunity comes, just grab it because you know you, you think it's good and all. Um, but Chet and I said, Oh, we, we, should have put more thought in it thought. And, you know, if it's, if it's not a business that we really want to do, you know, if we don't want to scale it and, and, you know, be, be number one and be good at it, we might as well not enter it, you know, for what we're just adding small businesses. And we lost a lot of money doing that because we thought that we can run it well with somebody else doing it and that's their expertise. So, so hindsight, we were, we were saying we should just, we should just have just put the money in real estate, you know, uh, because then, um, invested it in real estate and then let the price go up and all. So we did some, some of that, but not all. So if, if you can say that is a regret and a mistake, yeah, that's a mistake, but it's okay.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I, I could, I could totally relate to that. It could be too in our Filipino culture. We can't say no to a lot of opportunity, and I've seen my mother doing the same thing. And she's doing two different things, and I was like, "Why are you doing two different things? You're spreading yourself so thin, and you're not perfect into one thing, and you're all over the place, right?" Yeah, I had that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 it's, it's, I think it's in us that we can't say no to an opportunity, and I have that disease. In the beginning, but now, like, I really have to be very smart with my decision because um, the time and, you know, the energy of building a startup is so much, like, I would rather work smartly. Yes. Right? Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. So if there are young people listening to us, I hope they learn from it,
1: you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe focus one or two that you're so good at instead of doing 10.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Yeah. And and something
0: that they're really passionate about, something that they're really good at, something that they see themselves doing for the long term. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a husband who's an idea man. So he has to tell me all this idea and I'm very focus driven, like, okay, that's not, you know, I also, I would shut him down all the time because for me, it doesn't make sense. So, but You know, if I'm probably an idea person, then I'm doing everything and none of them will succeed, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Marianne, can you name a person who has had a tremendous impact on you as a leader?
0: Well, definitely it would be my mom. Mom, she's my model. Um, You know, she underwent a lot, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Our home was not entirely uh, a model home, you can say. Um, Not perfect, but um, my mom's so um, formidable. You know, she endured all this. She's very focused on keeping our family together, making something out of her life, uh, learning from the mistakes of the past. So she endured all that. Um, If I think about what she went through, um I'm just amazed, you know, jaw drop, jaw drop and say, wow, wow, she's really strong. You know, she, wow. she's really strong in and out. Um, she made good decisions. She had, um very strong character, uh, that got her to where she is, uh, right now. Wow. So she's 80, 82, but you know what? She still works in two offices. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she works in the um, office that that uh, my dad and and she set up, which is now being run by my brother. So she goes there in the morning. And then in the afternoon, she goes to the office that is being run by my younger sister, which she also set up. And I helped her set up. It's now run by my sister. She goes in the afternoon. So she's pretty much on top of everything. She signs checks every day. She has her apartment rentals that she handles on her own. Like she, she would contact the construction workers to do the repairs. She would deal with the hardware and, you know, collect, even collect rent. Wow.
1: She's 80 years old.
0: 82. 82. 82. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 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 And and she has a lot of advocacies too, right? So it's not, it's not like she's all work work. She was, she also takes care of a, uh, women's center wherein they provide, uh, free dental treatment, free medical treatment to a barangay in San Juan where, uh, we have our, we used to have our home when you we were small. And she maintains that, you know, she'd have meetings every month and you know, she takes care of this group of women. They're called, uh, Barangay Onse Women's Club.
1: Wow. <laughs> so she's the leader. Yes. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, um, wow. Do you consider your mom as a tiger mom, or no? Was she very strict or lenient, or just okay? No, oh, no, she's not a tiger
0: mom because she was working all her life. You know, she was working so hard for the business and um, dealing with a difficult husband um, and five kids. Mm-hmm. So that was hard. So she's not a tiger mom. She, I think. I tell my kids that, you know, when, when we were growing up and we needed dental treatment, she'd just go with us one time, introduce us to the dentist. This is the dentist. Um, so when we were small, she would take us, but when we were teenagers, go take care of it. Make your appointment. You have a driver to take you. Do it. So, so I would, I remember, um, um studying in UP Los Manos, which is like an hour drive. Without the traffic at that time, one hour from, from Laguna to go to Green Hills Mm -hmm. where my dentist is. I go on my own, just tell the driver, can you pick me up? I go and I go. I I would have uh, root canal (laughs) treatments, which means going every other day and I take care of myself. And you know what? I did that with my kids. Now they're pretty much the same. Same. They go. Yeah. They go to the doctor on their own. I would do it when I would go with them when they were younger, when they were, you know, pre, pre preteen. But once they became teenagers, now they, they go, they do it.
1: Okay, so your mom taught you to be self-sufficient and you hand it down to your kids.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's very important. And yeah, I do the same thing with my boys. So now they learn how to cook salmon and egg when they're hungry, then fix yourself. You have fingers <laughs> and two feet. You can figure that. <laughs>
0: true yeah yeah those are the skills that they have to learn also that, that that was why also i was having that conversation with my boys here um because uh, the two boys uh, one is studying in new york um, he's in sophomore sophomore um in suny maritime college mm-hmm. and the youngest one um he's about to enter college and he already got accepted in suny maritime also for um, naval architecture and so uh, they're they're finishing their their um, schooling now online. So Matthew, we checked Hattie Fly over from New York as soon as we learned of the lockdown. And CJ is also in lockdown, uh, finishing senior year. And so I was telling them, hey, guys, um, as soon as school is over, you got to be working in the office. And another day, so you have to learn how to cook. <laughs> cook. <laughs> I was telling them, you have to learn how to cook, uh, sinigang and a double because that also give you points when you court someone. <laughs> when you're finding a girlfriend, it will be, it's impressive too, if you know, to cook Filipino food. So, oh my
1: yeah, God, that's, a, that's to true. Cook. That's very true. Well, um, I tried to do that with my kids when I was building my company. I, had uh their grandma were taking care of them. So all their food, they're never super exposed to Filipino food. So I tried to force them some um Filipino food and they look at me like I'm going to poison them. It looks like- <laughs> <laughs> but now they like that double and some other food but I slowly um introduce it to them. But
0: Ooh.
1: yeah, so it's you know, I, I tried to force them well one like the he likes the Maggi and noodles because now we're in quarantine. So now, oh, my God, I love it. It's like, yeah, that's what we did every, every day. <laughs> I put some egg and cabbage on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mary Ann, um, with this current situation, what scares you the most? Ah,
0: What scares me the most is... uh uh, letting people down you know um with this covid situation that we have right now we have like 800 people um working for us and working with us i mean and it's scary uh, if if we don't uh, keep up with sustaining them so right now our concern is how to be able to um, sustain their salaries because they depend on it and their families depend on it how do we keep afloat? Um, for that's that's for our business. But generally, what scares me now is um, for the Philippines. You know, there's so many people who are hungry. Um, there, there might be a revolution of some sort if we don't if, if government doesn't handle this well because people are going hungry. You know, I, I live in Alabang, and we're near the the state penitentiary. Where you know you know Monte. You, have you heard Kate yeah, of yeah. Munting Lupa? you say Munting Lupa, Lupa? Yes. We're in Alabama, Munting Lupa. And, and you know, if, if, if there's a, some sort of a revolution, you know, people, we can have that uh, outbreak, breakout. What's that? <laughs> they like, that show. Yes. <laughs> so. So yeah. that, that's scary. That, it's such a scary thought. So I hope that this ends soon and, um, that we're able to, you'll be able to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to my HR director just before uh, talking to you. And we see right now uh, some of our people um, getting depressed, you know, a lot of them are, have anxiety and, uh, you know, this uncertainty. And so I was telling her that, you know what, um, after, you know, we go ba- when we go back to office, we, we should have a, a way of uh, processing this you know hearing them out you know having sessions maybe on a limited number in the room where we can process this so that we can also aid in the mental health of our people because yeah it, it can just be so daunting and you know scary and well mental issues are prevalent at this time so yeah, that scares yeah. me.
1: Yeah it, it's very difficult and um I have a, I don't have a big, uh, I think there are 40 of them, but like it's very hard when they just rely on their job for a day-to-day food. Yeah. And when they don't have that, I mean, I could see how people would, you know, that's very difficult, like mentally and how are you going to fed your, your family? So that's very hard. Yeah. That's
0: true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Because oh.
1: majority of people just rely and, they don't have a savings for emergency funds, so they're just relying in the government help, and that doesn't come in all the time. And I mean, we don't expect the government to do it every day, as well, right? But like the reality of it is really hard because they can't go out.
0: That's true, and, and you know the um, that serial entrepreneur in me and um, you know root cause analysis. I have, when I think about these things, I go, so how do we solve this? with our people, I am say, oh, then we should put in more training in um, financial management or, uh, you know, all the basic stuff. Uh, we should be able to educate people to get out of this, to prepare for disasters like this, you know. Um, there's just too much, too many things to do and to to um, inspire people to do. You know, the root cause, you know, we were discussing this over at dinner with my kids, and I was saying, I can't believe that there are people like that. You know, you like really have nothing. You know, that that like how do we help them to get out of that? How do we break that poverty? Yeah. It's think that, that, that uh, we should really think about. And you know, um, over the long term, uh, get these young people to help solve mm-hmm. you know, more the, the kids who have access to education and and um leadership. Positions, you know, well anyway, at least on my kids, that's what I tell them. I said, you know, God gave us this life. What we do with our lives is what we give God. Mm -hmm. So with all the blessings that's been given us, you know, we have roof over our head, we have food on our tables, we have access to education. What do we do? What can we do to help solve the world's problems? How can we be a help to others? So anyway, that's just a, a uh, question in my head, um, something
1: to do, um, yeah, conversation, yeah. we should keep going. Yeah, it's, it's, that's very hard, and it's very tough. And even the property that I have income, again, we have a lot of ferns. So I would tell myself, why don't you just harvest it and give it to the neighbors so they have, you know, food to cook. Or, like, I think everyone should do farming. We have all this land, yeah. so we'll yeah. be self sufficient. <laughs> Yes, yes. And and you know what?
0: Kate, uh the, the the secretary of the Department of Agriculture just came out with a press release on that. So if if uh the, the president came up with a build, build build project, this uh, secretary of agriculture just came up with uh with a campaign called Plant Plant Plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, Yeah, teaching people to plant, do backyard gardening so that it will help. So you know how we Filipinos uh, love rice and how we cannot live without rice? So people will say, as long as I have rice. So they have a sack of rice, now do backyard gardening, have some salt, soy sauce. Soy sauce and oil. (laughs) (laughs) Oil and you're good, good good. to go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah pay now.
1: Yeah. Well that's very good. I hope I hope everyone will be, you know, if if they have a chance to plant and be sustainable instead of relying just going to buy, I think it's time to, you know, start farming.
0: Exactly. You know, we're doing that. Um in the ports, uh, in our ships, we're really putting plants, you know, just getting the awareness done. I tell our people, I say, I say, come on, let's just inspire people. When they write our boats, when they see our ports, they see all this vertical gardening that we're doing, the vertical gardening using containers, you know, those old uh, pet, pet bottles of the soft drinks. We plant um, vegetables. And I was happy to know um, uh, for the janitorial the cleaning business, my managing director sent me pictures of them, of their families, of, of our people are in lockdown, and how they are saying that the plants that they planted at the ports and their backyard is now helping them to wow. provide, you know, provide them, you know uh, vegetables that can help them on a day-to-day basis. You said, Wow. That's neat. That's cool. Let's continue doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think we can cook pichai. Pichai is not hard to, <laughs> <laughs> right? And those are good. Yeah. You can it with onions and garlic. Yeah. Those are very good. Um, yeah. yeah. Mary, and what have been the most influential experiences in your life?
0: okay uh looking back I would say um, being a part of entrepreneurs organization really helped us a lot um, like my kids grew up uh, knowing uh, people and the brand because that's how I associate them uh, like uh, oh that, she's an e or um, this makeup brand is an e o company or this right now angkas you know the uh, like grab for motorcycles she's a new eo member and and um they will be part of the experiences of eo and and growing up they would say oh it's an aspiration we want to be eo members. we want to be eo members because they they see how good how great it is so it really added um to our family life you know to the experience the richness of our lives Influence us in many ways, like, um, put these education for us and, you know, the network that we uh, work around with, that was really good. So I'd say that's a big help. Um, another, um, influence would be Interferry Organization. It's an organization of, uh, ferry owners of the world, um, suppliers of ferry businesses. And I remember when you were invited to join in, um uh, we started when Chet was invited to speak in New York uh in the interferry conference uh tw- that, that that was twenty ten and then we became members soon after and I was thinking you know attending the conference like wow they're they're really big ship owners, you know their ships are not like our ships which are like uh if we're talking about our ships are like seven hundred gross tonnage three hundred people capacity boats. We're talking about their ships, uh, thousands, <laughs> like thirty thousand gross tonnage. Those those ships, and I would feel small, right? But I would say, what are we doing here? They're like big, and we're small. And over time, what I realized is that I learned a lot from them. I'm like a little child when I'm around them. I pick their brains, you know. Like I just sit down beside them and I go, "How did you start the ferry business? Um, what what were your problems?" And I just like I'm like a little child. Absorbing all their stories and, and learning. And now that I'm in this position, I am able to share that with our people and the young ones and my kids and all in the hope that we will have a better industry and, you know, for the long term. So I think, uh, I was even, I remember one prayer time and I said, what why, what are we even doing here? It's so expensive to be in this, um, circle, you know, because you have to have juice and you have to travel. Of course, you pay for your own travel and all. But now I get it. You know, as 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 I age, as we grow the business, I get it. There are valuable lessons that can be learned that is not that you will not get unless you're there. Mm -hmm. You will not get unless you interact with people. uh, You do the same things with pretty much the same with EO, and uh, that really helped us a lot. That was that's another part of my family now. We look forward to our annual inter-ferry conferences. And you know what? We had the pleasure of hosting um, all these members um, here in the Philippines in 2016. Um, 350 um, ferry owners came to the Philippines and just, you know, shared. I, I always say, well, why are we even doing this? Um, we're sh- anyway, I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. We shared with them our culture, the Philippines, and they're like our big brothers in the industry. And the amount of learning that I get is just a lot. The support that we get is a lot, and I value that. Another would be being a part of a bigger community outside our family. It's uh, my church. Um, so we got involved in our parish. Uh, I live beside a church Kate, uh, here in Alabang. And Chad and I actually prayed for it. We said we prayed for a house beside the church and we, when we had the opportunity, it's like next door to the church. And I remember sighing a prayer and saying, God, it's too close. <laughs> and you know, you can imagine God probably wanting to smack me right there. like, you prayed for a house near the church, right? I give you a house very near the church. But anyway, my point is I tell the kids because um some, some would comment like, are you sure you want to be near the church? Like high risk because it's noisy uh, high risk because people come and go and you know the risk of burglary and whatever whatever the noise of people coming and going and I would say, you know what I prayed for this and, and and if I got it i I don't have any complaints and the reason why we prayed for a house near the church is just because it's a way for us to to be close it's a way for us to to you know the peace of mind knowing that uh you can run to the church when you have problems, you have issues, you made a mistake, you can go run and, and pray. It's just us, it's just our wiring and it helps. So being involved in church, being able to pray, being able to be active, you know, um sensing that we are part of a bigger community, like I'm friends with my neighbors, I serve as a lector, you know, I read the word. Uh, And I've been reading for the past 26 years. So I go, I serve in the 7.30 p.m. mass and the 6.20 a.m. mass on Saturdays, every other Saturday. So it's like part of the rhythm of my life, such that when I travel, I make sure that I find a substitute, you know, to take care of my my slot. Um, It influenced me a lot in the sense that... um, I come running to them when I have spiritual issues, when I need direction, as I mentioned earlier. So I surround my friends with good people who can help me in my life. More of lift up, you know, more of the lifting up, more of the positive side than the negative side. So 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 I think that that really influenced me a lot. And and I think we're passing it on to our kids in in the sense that um on Sunday Evenings so after I serve the 730 mass. So we have this ritual where we pray before and after mass, th- those who serve that mass. So when we say goodbye to our priests, I, you know, when I bless in Philippines, no, no. we mama, no, you go, I say, oh, 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 bye father. Oh father, you want to have dinner in the house? And so it has become a norm when we would have priests over for, for Sunday dinners with our kids. And now I see that um, with my two girls now they're also close to priest friends, and I think it worked out well for us. So so it's not only me; my husband is also close. You know, um, we're influenced by them by by their teaching, by when we have questions, when we have doubts in the faith. So yeah, so that would be um, my influence.
1: Wonderful. So, what advice would you give to an aspiring Filipina entrepreneurs?
0: Ah, okay, Filipinas, <laughs> we have so much to give and uh, and share. I think for for young Filipinas, like my mom, there will always be challenges. There will always be difficulties. But what is important is for us to Forge on, you know. Go, go ahead. Uh, go, jump in. Work, work. Uh, give your best, and then learn. Continuously learn. Um, read, network. Pretty much what we're doing, uh, in in EO, uh, network, and then pray. Of course, pray. Um, it comes in many many forms. So, uh what you know, Warren Ruston, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she was here. Yes, she he was here like uh, two years ago, three years ago to talk to us in Manila, and um, he shared that um, set yourself for success every day. How to set yourself yourself for success every day? So he said three things: uh, set aside thirty minutes every day, ten minutes uh, for um, purpose. So every day you think about what's my purpose today? What's my purpose today? So think about that 10 minutes and then another 10 minutes on meditation or positivity. So that may be reading or meditation or prayer. 10 minutes. And then 10 minutes of journalizing. You said 10 minutes of journalizing. So you write it down every day so that you get your your thoughts on paper and you're able to process and you know, it's like, a gratitude journal in a way. And you know what? Since he said that I have been doing it. And if, you, if if um I can uh go back in time, I would probably do it when I was so much younger. Uh I think it helps a lot with the introspection and you know grounding yourself and putting your your thoughts together and, and could have eliminated all the dramas I Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh well, that's wonderful. I'm um that was that's a very good advice. Yeah, you know he's doing live series in his Facebook page and mm-hmm. um I'm actually going to listen later because he just comes oh. down when I'm freak- when I'm freaking out. So oh. yeah, if you go to his page he's he has um different content. I think he's doing purpose values or clarity and so yeah if, if you get a chance but that's a very good advice the 30 minute 10 days of meditation 10 days of journaling and what's the first one to know purpose uh, 10, Pur- yeah purpose,
0: purpose. 10 minutes, what's your purpose and then 10 minutes of, of positivity and then 10 minutes of journalizing wow. writing it. yeah wow. and i have like four books and it, it has become my diary. You see, when you start, it's like uh just writing down what you did for the day. But then over time, when you develop the skill, um, it's more of the deeper, what's inside, what's going on in your head. And what he was saying is that uh it's for legacy. Who knows? Maybe I will have a grandchild later on who's going to be a writer.
1: <laughs> Write <laughs> maybe, in a journal.
0: Yes, and maybe come I- up. Talk- Stories out of my journal, yeah. So yeah, he actually said, that "It's for legacy. It's for processing. It's for, you know, going back later on." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm a big believer of the, um, the vision board. Vision board. Yeah, because Kate, in our forum, in my spouse's forum, we had a, um, we call it the SME. The subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We (laughs) we invited this lady to talk about the vision board to us Mm -hmm. and I have done it and I have actually realized a lot of the things that I put in my vision board. One of which is meeting Oprah. Wow. Okay. Maybe you been listening. (laughs) Meeting Oprah. I put it in my vision board and it happened. Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and uh how do you want to be remembered?
0: Uh I want to be remembered as someone who have loved much who have laughed hard uh and who have made a difference. You know um uh, my prayer my prayer um every day is that um when I encounter people I pray that they they see God in me. Uh, as I always say our lives is God's gift to us. What we do with our life is uh, God's gift to us. Our gift to God, sorry. What we do with our life is our gift to God. And I pray that my life is would have, was worth something. I, I was telling my son, you know, when we go to heaven, God will not ask, oh, how many cars did you have? How many, how many um, uh, cars or houses or 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 clothes? Did you wear good clothes? Or did you party much? But maybe what he will ask is, have you loved much? Oh, have you funny. love? Did you love much? Who did you love? So so I pray. I pray that you know that uh, my life will be that. I, I will be remembered as someone
1: who was loved. Love God. and Love love love. Wow! Oh, I love it. Well, Mary, and thank you so much. I was like, I could talk to you forever. We need to do Zoom (laughs) call, just us chatting. I love how you're so positive, and you're running all your, you know, your energy is just, it's you're just, you just have all this positive energy, and you're. You seem so calm in the midst of pandemic. So I love that. I need the energy today because today <laughs> was a rough day for me. So thank you for sharing. And that was really wonderful. And um, where can they find you? Do you have a website? I know you have fastcat.com. Do you have your personal page? No. Instagram?
0: no. Okay. <laughs> no <Don't worry. laughs> yeah. But, yeah, PASCAT would be the page. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Well, um, is that part of your vision board? In 2030, you wanted a 60 boat. I see. Is that in your vision board? Okay. Yes. 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 Because you know, Kate, how many islands we
0: have in the Philippines. And yeah. and, when we, and when, when we meet people, they go, uh, you know, we would have a lot of governors and congressmen uh, calling us, coming to our office, mayors coming to our office saying, we want you to connect our island and at, this is just one example i had uh we, we the mayor was there and he said um i want you to connect my island." i go oh uh, but mayor uh it takes a year to build the fast cat and you know it's not cheap at all so um we have old boats uh that maybe we can uh, put in your island and he goes no i want fast cat <laughs> they don't want the old boats they want the model of a fast cat they want the Brand new catamaran, mid-speed vessel, and you know, the, it's, it's, it's already, um, in, in, implanted in their minds, the, the expectation and the brand itself. Uh-huh. So that's what they want. So 60 fast cars by 2030 is our big, hairy audacious goal. Um, it's not enough to connect the Philippine Islands, but it's our dream to be able to connect the, the Philippines and be able to help business trade education in what we do.
1: Yeah. Well you're making a big difference. And like I said, I grew up in riding one of your um boats and just going from places to another and helping our economy. You're making a big difference to all the Filipinos. So thank you so much. <laughs> right. Thank you. Okay. Right. <laughs> thank thank you. you so much, Miranda. I can't wait to see you in the Philippines in one of these days. Make and sure. yes. And have a wonderful day. You too. Hi. Thank Hi. you, everybody.
0: Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and visit katehancock.com so you don't miss out on the next episode.